Father, we thank you for the fact that you sent your Son uh, to this world to give redemption and give us hope in our lives, even here in 2021. And I pray today for every person that's listening uh, at home or at work or wherever they are, and they're able to connect in with us today. I pray a blessing upon them, and I pray that as we open your word and listen to your word today, that uh, hope would rise within us and life would once more uh, flow into us from your Holy Spirit. So come and speak to us here today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So John chapter 11, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to follow along, but starting in verse 1, it says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. And he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the God, uh, Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, uh, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to... Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for uh, four days. And Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Mary and uh, Martha in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises in the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never 
die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and the one who's come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary, and she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went up to him, and Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha had met him. And when the people who were in the house consoling Mary saw her leaving uh, so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep, and so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger, or another translation says that he was filled with uh, remorse and, 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 and uh, grieved. And it welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. And the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some others said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still grieved, and he arrived at the tomb in, in, in a cave with, with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, uh, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? that you would see God's glory if you believe? And so they rolled the stone aside. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. What an incredible story. The background here of, of Lazarus and uh, of Mary and Martha, they, they were friends who, who had offered hospitality to Jesus and, and those that traveled with him. They had become good friends of Jesus. And the scriptures uh, record three specific times in which Jesus had interaction with the three of them in such a way that the authors of Luke and John saw the need to record these interactions. There was a meal with Jesus one time. And if you remember, it says that, that Martha was preparing the meal and, and Mary sits and listens to Jesus and and it's an incredible story because Martha gets upset and said, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus' response, uh, you know, Mary's chosen the, the good way. And, and, and it wasn't meaning that what Martha was doing. In fact, uh, it's incredible in this story here. Who was it first that ran out? It was Martha. And who stayed with all the people? It was Mary. And then we see a, a, another one here of, uh, of this interaction was was the, with the death of of their brother, and and we read the story of of Jesus incredible, um, calling him forth from the from the grave. And later on, there was another interaction 
And this story actually mentions it, of Mary anointing Jesus' feet and drying them with her hair as a way of, of really symbolically preparing his death, of, of anointing him. And, and um, that happens sometime here in the future. But today's story, we read that, that Lazarus, he was very ill. And so Mary and, and Martha send a message to Jesus, asking him to come. And Jesus receives the message, but he delays his going. Not for just a few hours. I've got to finish what I'm doing here. But it says that he delays for two days before he leaves to go. And Jesus, uh, the story tells us that Lazarus dies of his illness. And, and, and Jewish custom now kicks in at the death of, of Lazarus. They start the morning time right away. And all of the family was to stay home and, and to not do anything. And they're, they're not to wash and they're not to cook. And so uh, it must have been very hard for Martha, who, who was given to hospitality, and, and now she has to sit back and allow all her friends to come and, 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 and care for them. And then Jesus finally arrives, but Lazarus has already been buried, and he's been in the tomb the scripture says, for four days. And this length of time is important in the, in the custom uh, of the Jewish uh, religion because they, they would inspect the body for three days after burial was done. And here's the reason why. Because they wanted to make sure that the person was actually dead. So for three days, they would continually go and and check on the body to make sure that it was that the person was dead. And Martha points this again to Jesus when when he finally says, "Where's the tomb? I want to go." And Martha states, "Lord, he's he's been dead for f- four days. He he will smell terrible. He's been dead. We've checked it out for three days before you came. We checked it out. He's been dead." And as Jesus approaches, Mary, uh, Martha comes and, and meets him and says, Lord, if, if only you had been here, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's the faith that she had in, in this Jesus. She had heard and had probably seen the miracles that he had performed, and she knew that Jesus could have healed him of his sickness. She knew that. She believed it deeply. And I, I don't know how you want to read that, whether it's like in your face pointing a finger. If you'd only been here, if, you, if you'd only come earlier, this would, I don't know, if it was just a cry of a, of a woman, of a family member who's grieving. She's grieving. But if you'd only been here. And it's here that Jesus makes this I am statement that we're talking about today, where he said, I am the resurrection, and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, you will live. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die, he states. And Martha's response to Jesus' statement is this. Jesus, I've always believed that you are the Messiah. 
the Son of God and the one who's come into the world from God. I've always believed that. Now, that's an interesting statement. See, the Jewish belief in the resurrection is quite unique. The resurrection of the dead is a core doctrine of traditional Jewish theology. Jews believe that during the Messiah age, or the rule and the reign of the Messiah who was to come, and the temple would be rebuilt in Jerusalem, they believe that every Jewish person will be gathered from the four corners of the earth, and their bodies will rise from the graves, and they'll be brought back to life and reunited with their souls and come and live once again in Jerusalem before the Messiah. They always believed that. There was a belief that was in the Old Testament, and even at the time of Martha, being Jewish, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus all believed that, that there would be a resurrection. So what Martha was saying was this, Jesus, I believe that you are the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah that we've waited for. I believe that, that you are the Son of God. And I believe, Jesus, that you will set up your kingdom here on this earth one day. In fact, I believe Martha thought it was going to be very soon that he was going to set up his kingdom. And I believe that she believed in her heart that my brother is going to rise again with all the other Jews and be reunited with us in Jerusalem when you set up your kingdom. I believe that, Jesus. It's going to happen. And Martha was correct. Jesus was and is the Messiah. But what she didn't really understand was the full impact of what Jesus was stating that day. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even after they die, they'll live. What she didn't realize was Jesus' time frame. Jesus was not ready to yet set up his rule in his kingdom. And uh, as I thought about that, I don't know about you, and, and those of you, think about this. How many times have you thought Jesus is going to do something a certain way, and he doesn't do it your way? He has a totally different way of thinking of things. <laughs> we expect and we desire things a certain way, But how many of you know his ways are much better than ours? He knows much better than we do. So what does it mean? Uh, What what does that I am the resurrection and the life really mean? What it means is Jesus was referring to life eternal with God. Not an earthly life. Because he states here, even after dying, you may die on this earth but you will live eternally. He's talking about eternal life. Jesus shows his power over earthly death as he calls Lazarus to come out of the tomb. And and I thought it was interesting. He, He asked for people to roll the stone away, and then he thanks God for hearing his prayers. And really... His prayer was, I thank you that you've given me the resurrection power and the power over life and death. 
Only Jesus could claim that, to have that power over life and death. Why is it important that Jesus is the resurrection? Jesus is the Son of God. And through the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins on the cross, which was, in, you think about it in the relation to this story, this was to happen not soon after this experience with Lazarus. Jesus would ultimately give his life. And he was put in the grave for three days. Checked on. And that last day, the, the ladies went to check on it, and he was risen. He ain't in there. Through the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins, we now can have a relationship with God. And Jesus shared that in this story, really, through words and through actions. Um, the New Living Translation uses the word angry. Jesus was angry. Uh, other translations use the words that he was, he was deeply moved inside um, when when Mary came and said, you know, if you'd only been here, if you'd only been here, my brother was, would be alive. And I don't know if it was anger or his grief, but I, as I was thinking about this this week, I believe that he was moved in his heart. He was, if you want to use the word angry, let's use that word. He was angry. You know what he was angry at? He was angry at death. He's angry at death because death is a result of what? Sin. Really, that's what it is. It's a, it's a result of sin. Way back in, in the Old Testament, when he had to eventually cast out Adam and Eve out of the garden, and, and, and eventually death took hold, and it wasn't because God was a bad God, but it was because of the result of sin. Death is a result of sin in lives. And he would not only show that he had the power over sin, but in a short period of time, as I've already said, he was to be arrested, he would be tried, he would be convicted, and Jesus would die on the cross for all the sins of humanity. But he was grieved that day because he could see the result of what sin had happened and how it, how it affects each one of us that sometimes we even grieve because of death. Jesus grieved. And I want to tell you, Jesus showed the height and the depth of his love for us in the resurrection that he did on the tomb when he rose on the third day. It was almost like his father spoke him forth and said, come out of there. Come out of there. You're my son. You don't belong in there. I received the sacrifice you made for all mankind. Death is swallowed up in victory. In Jesus Christ, Jesus brings hope to this world. I am the resurrection. But then he said, I also am the life. I am the resurrection. I can call you forth from death, but I will give you new life. That's what he was talking about. And listen, folks, that statement uh, of Jesus saying, I am, the, I am the resurrection and the life, that is a key hinge in the truth of what Christianity is all about. No other, no other leader of any other religious organization that's happened in this world 
can make the statement that I am the resurrection and the life. No other one. Because, listen, if you go and visit the graves of those individuals, those leaders, they're still there. They're still there. But go to the tomb where Jesus was laid, and he's not there because he's alive. Jesus rose from the grave, and he brings us hope today. And I thank him for that. So why is it important that Jesus is life? In the scripture we read that no one comes to the Father except through who? Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That's found in John 14, 6. See, without Jesus, we have no hope for eternal life with God because it's only through Jesus. When we seek a relationship with God, our faith and our hope can grow, but it's only because we accept what Jesus did for us, calling us with resurrection power and giving us life. I am the resurrection and the life is connected to Jesus' other I am statement when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, all of these I am statements are so interconnected and show the power that there is in Jesus given to him by his Father in heaven. Knowing Jesus and growing closer to God in each moment of our lives gives us the strength, gives us the stamina, gives us the hope to journey through to good times and all through, also through some tough times in life. That belief in Jesus. We are sinners. We fall short of how we should treat one another, don't we? <laughs> we fail so often, and yet through believing in Christ in his resurrection power and growing in that special relationship with him, we are more prepared to share his love to others around us because the resurrection power is alive in us and we live because of him. So just like Lazarus, each one of us has been called from the grave by name. One day, I was six years old, and I heard him call my name. Al, I love you. Come forth out of that death of life. And I remember that day. Because the preacher was preaching about death and hell and whatnot. And I was a little kid, six years old. I was probably playing with writing or drawing or coloring at church, and I started to cry. I started crying. My mother was trying to give me candies and pinching my ear, and I'll give you a reason to cry, all these type of things. Be quiet. And finally, she took me out and took me down into the basement of the church, and she says, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't want to die and go to hell. <laughs> and she said, you don't have to. If you just believe that Jesus, you know, she didn't say it this way. She said it in words that I could understand, but she was saying, Al, he's the resurrection. He's the life. You don't have to go to hell. And there in that basement, on my knees beside my mom, I prayed and gave my life to Jesus. It's never been this. I've never been the same because of that. See, folks, I believe that the grave of shame and the grave of sin 
and the grave of darkness and the chains of addiction and the, the grave of pain and the grave of loss and the grave of fear and the grave of depression can all be changed at the voice of Jesus and saying, Al, come forth. Come out of there. And you can put your name in there, wherever you want it, whatever one of those things it is. He's calling you forth and saying, come out. Come out. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And just as Lazarus was called forth, Jesus said, I love it. He said, he got to the entrance of the tomb. I'm sure all the people were freaking out because of it. And he said, unwrap him. Because he's wrapped up in, in all of this stuff. They'd, they'd wrapped his body and he had, he had made his way to the entrance. Somehow, maybe it's like this. I don't know how whatever it was, but they said, unwrap him. How would you like to be the first one to go up and start unwrapping? Not knowing what it was that you were unwrapping. But they knew it must have been Lazarus because he was the only one in there. Or maybe there was others, but he was the only one that came out. Because Jesus spoke his name. He didn't speak anyone else in there. He spoke his name to come out. And out he came. And I, I, I was thinking, just last night I was thinking about this, of that story and those people that had to go up. And I, I, was, I rejoiced in my heart because I thought, you know what? God will use people around us to help us get unwrapped from the grave clothes. They'll use, God will use people around us to help us to get unwound from all the stuff that's helped kept us in the grave. You know, think about this. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when, when we live in our, in our sin and our shame, there's times that it seems like it keeps coming rolling on us. And I just love the fact that Jesus allows other people to surround me, to help me in dealing with that, that guilt and that shame. And he uses other people to help unwrap the sin of our lives. Sometimes we got to go to counseling. we got to do all these things. But God uses those things to say, unwrap that person of that stuff. The power of resurrection and life is freedom and light and goodness. Jesus has called us to be ones who help in the transformation of people's lives. As I, as I close here today, I think of springtime. And springtime to me is always... Uh, a great picture of what happened here with Lazarus and the death. Um, because so many people take springtime to take a, a seed and they plant it in the ground. They take a seed and they put it in the ground and they cover it up with dirt. And uh, what happens to that seed? That seed actually dies. And as that seed dies, something happens inside of it. I believe God in his power comes and and rests over top of the earth of wherever you planted that corn. And he says, corn, come forth. Or or he, he says, peas, come forth. Radishes, come forth. Lettuce, come forth. Carrots come forth. I don't believe he spoke that over beets. I believe that's part of the curse. <laughs> but, but anyways, 
That's, that's my own thought. My theology's wrong on that one, I know. But anyways, but he speaks these things forth. He speaks it forth. And out of the ground comes life. And it's changed. It does not look anything like the seed that went in the ground. Nothing at all. And it grows forth, but it grows to ultimately what? To produce fruit of its own kind. If you were to put corn in the ground, you do not expect carrots to come up. You don't put potatoes in the ground and expect beets to come up. Thank you, Jesus. You expect potatoes to come up after its own kind. And I I think about that. In my own life, I was dead. But he said, Al, come forth. And he gave me what the scripture says. He gives us new life. And the incredible thing is, we don't have to be producing the fruit of what we were before. It's going to be all brand new fruit in the image of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's a wow experience. I, I, I sit back and I just go, wow. It's springtime. I just go, wow. You know, all the, all the, the trees who lost their leaves and then all of a sudden now have re-sprouted. It's a wow time right now in the spring. I share a story with you. Years and years and years ago, remember I said I've been ministering for 31 years, so this was way back in, in the beginning of my ministry. And I was pastoring a church, and I, I said, I want us to do a seed blessing service. And I want everybody to bring, in springtime, I would like everybody to bring a sample of, of the seed that you're going to put in the ground, uh, whether it's in your gardens, whether you farmers are going to plant wheat or whatever. Bring a sample of it. Lay it, lay, we're going to lay it on a table at the front. We're going to pray for God to bless it. And I, and I, I said to the church, and I, I want to I open this up to the community in which we lived in. I want to open it up, and let's get word out there, and let's get everybody to bring their seed. We'll set up tables outside, and, and we're gonna, we're, we'll ask them to bring their seed, and we're going to bless it. And uh, I remember after sharing that, there was a, there was a board meeting. And at the board meeting, I had one of the board members say, Pastor, we can't do that. And I said, can't do what? He said, we, we can't have the seed blessing service. I said, why? He said, because what happens if it's not a good year? What happens if they plant it and they don't get rain and, and it, it doesn't, the sun doesn't come at the right time? He said, won't we look bad? And that grieved my heart. And, of course, I was a young minister at the time, and I felt, oh, I better listen to these people. And so we only did it for the church. And uh, Years later, I, I was always bothered by that, thinking, you know, that's the smallness of our, of our faith in God. Faith in God. It, it was like this, this person was saying, like some of the people that said about Jesus when, when he started to cry, some of them said, oh, doesn't he love him? Doesn't he love, didn't he love Mary and Martha and Lazarus? Oh, the look at the love that he had. And others said what? Well, you know, if it only showed up, if he'd only showed up, we wouldn't even be having this funeral time. If he'd only showed up, he could have hit, oh, my goodness. And there's this variation of mindsets. 
And I love Jesus' response. It was like, oh, whatever. Listen, I'm going to show the power of God. I'm going to show the power of God. And listen, our, our thoughts of how God should do something, it may not go exactly the way that we think it should happen, but that's the greatness of God. He chose his way and his means of seeing his resurrection and life impact a life that day with Lazarus. And I'm thankful he did it his way because, in fact, folks, how he chose to impact you is probably different than he impacted me. But I thank God he just impacted us all. And he called us forth with his resurrection power. And I love the wow stories that are represented here in this church. Those that are at home watching and and every one of you is a wow story of the power of God in his resurrection. They sang earlier a song, and uh, in the words of that song, it says, You called me from the grave by name. You called me out of all my shame. I see the old has passed away, a new has come. Now I have resurrection power. Living on the inside. Jesus, you have given us freedom no longer bound by sin and darkness, living in the light of your goodness, you have given us freedom. I love it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today as we just close, I pray for everyone listening today, for every heart that perhaps is struggling with uh, where they're at or or whatever is going on in their life, I pray today that they will fresh, once more fresh see the power of your resurrection in their life. You have called them forth. You have planted a seed in their life, and you've watered it, and you've shone upon it, and it's growing in their life. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the wow experiences of every person has experienced with you. And I pray great heaps of blessing upon them. And I thank you that you've, you've gathered people around them to rip off some of that stinky old cloth that has kept them wound up. And you've brought people into their lives to encourage them and speak life into them and hope into their lives and wrapping their arms around them and hugging them. And as I'm sure that Mary and and, and Martha must have done with Lazarus that day, how excited they were that he was alive. Oh, thank you for what you've done. And may you bless each one. May you encourage each one today. May you walk with each one. May they know the power that's, that, that you have and you've given to each one in their lives as they walk forth in this world. And, Lord, may they start seeing fruit. Fruit of the goodness of God. Chains broken. Lives changed and renewed. Thank you, Jesus. May you bless each one. Go with them this week and encourage them this week. And may may this week be a week that at one moment they will sit back and say, and lift their faces to heaven and say, Wow, thank you. 
Thank you for, for your resurrection power and that you're living inside of me. I thank you for that today. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, keep you, and we hope to see you next week as we continue on with the I Am Statements of Jesus. God bless.